Cooking and providing meals for conventions and meetings requires lots of planning and imagination. Besides all of the food safety issues, trying to make tasty food for hundreds of people who are all served at the same time, and dealing with dietary restrictions can be a daunting challenge. Enter Tracy Stuckrath to help you figure it out. You are listening to Nitty Grits Podcast. This is Tip of the Tongue. Welcome to Tip of the Tongue, a podcast on the Nitty Grits Network, where we explore the intersection of food and drink and museums. This is Liz Williams. We're here today with Tracy Stuckrath. She is a meeting planner turned dietary needs expert. She is here to help people not offend or kill others with the food they serve. I love that. Welcome, welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much, Liz. I'm so excited that I found you and I'm here. So I want to talk to you about how you got into this business. How did you turn into a diet needs expert? (laughs) So I was a meeting planner, or I am a meeting planner, and I found out after going to a variety of different doctors that I had an allergy to yeast. And I walked out of the doctor's office going, okay, I can't have yeast and sugar and vinegar and dairy and peanuts and pistachios and gluten. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? And I actually lived at Whole Foods almost for a long time, you know, eating hummus and apple, green apples and changing my diet. And I found this program called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I'm sitting in Lincoln Center Um, for one of my classes. And I'm like, 1500 people were in that audience with me, all looking for ways to eat differently, because they had a variety of different dietary needs for whatever reason, yoga instructors, doctors, nurses, etc, moms. And I'm like, I need to teach my industry how to feed me, because I was planning 100 meals, 100 meetings a year. And it was very hard for me to eat at events. Oh, yes. And even as the person picking the food. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I need to teach people how to feed me and all these other people in this room. And so ironically or serendipitously, I lost my job in like four months later, my, my corporate job. And I was, oh, I was sitting in Lincoln Center saying that, and I lost my job. I went to work at the Vancouver Olympics, and I came home, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I started Thrive Meetings and Events in May of 2010. And you have had good business. Good bit, Yeah, it, it is a struggle because it's trying to teach people in the meetings industry that, you know, here's food allergies, here's celiac disease and other medical conditions, mm-hmm. here's religious-based practices, and here is personal preferences. And a lot of those mix and match, too, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. people are on, you know, eat vegan for medical reasons, mm-hmm. or they eat vegan for ethical reasons or environmental reasons, and People who are who eat religious based follow religious based practices are vegan or vegetarian or you know a variety of things or different types of times of the year right mm-hmm. and even Catholicism right and right. so it's it food interacts 
with our lives in so many different ways. And I'm like, people need to understand how that impacts their meetings. So I want to ask you a personal question. Mm -hmm. Do you have a problem, for example, let's say you eat a peach, a Mm -hmm. fresh peach, that's kind of getting to the end of its life? (laughs) (laughs) Those are so juicy. Yes, they are. But they are yeasty. Uh, oh. Is that something that you have a problem with as the natural yeasts in the air have kind of started the fermentation process in those pear, uh, pears or peaches or whatever? Not that I've noticed. No. Okay. So yeah. it's not that delicate of a... No. And it, so that was 2003 that I was diagnosed. So it's almost 20 years that I've been eating this way. And my biggest culprit, I think, is sugar. And oh. sugar is just bad for us all. Sure. And the because sugar breaks down and promotes yeast growth. Mm-hmm. And so that's where all those other things come from. And peanuts and pistachios, because they get mold on their shells on, on the underground. And so it's a variety of things. And like pork, I try to eat pork when I know the, who the farmer is. Uh-huh. So I know how it's been raised mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's not, I think over the years it hasn't, it's manifested a little bit so I can eat a few things. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I was just trying yeah. to see how extreme the oh, sensitivity yeah, was. Yeah. I never even thought about that. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you would have discovered it by Probably. now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're talking to meeting planners, mm-hmm. what kinds of questions do they have? Are they even aware of this possible problem that they aren't dealing with? Um, it It is. It's a... Yes and no. Like I gave a presentation January of 2020, just before we all shut down. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, you know, 10% of U.S. adults have food allergies and this number of people have this. So it's about a third of your audience has a dietary need of some sort. And he's like, well, what about the other two thirds of the people? You know, why aren't we focusing on those two thirds of the people? And I said, and I took a minute and I'm like, so if I make any of this stuff, you can walk through the buffet and eat anything you want. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh. I'm like, but they can't because something could kill them. Something could put them in their room for the next five days and they've paid money. Um, or they're sitting at your event. And my biggest thing is that you're sitting at your event and you're hangry. Right. And you, we've all been experienced when you're sitting at a table with 10 people. This is way before COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and somebody doesn't have their meal yet. You know, and that doesn't make just the person who doesn't have their meal uncomfortable. It makes everyone else uncomfortable as well because we were all raised to not eat until everyone is served. served. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of so that's kind of one question is like, why do I have to do this? And you you being a lawyer, the Americans with Disabilities Act Mm -hmm. was enacted or was amended in 2008. And with that amendment came the word eating as well as all of our bodily functions under the list of major life activities. So in some respects, we have a legal duty to provide food and beverage to individuals who have certain dietary needs, especially if they're paying for that meal and that meal comes through your events, mm-hmm. you know, comes mm-hmm. through that cost. If you're a restaurant that's 100% making pasta fresh in there, I mean, to completely change, and it would be an undue burden to change your entire restaurant to do a gluten-free, fresh gluten-free pasta, right? right? That's just not physically possible. So we have a duty of care in that respect to, to accommodate those dietary needs. And so 
looking at it from that legal aspect, but I also want you to look at it from the ethical aspect of they paid a lot of money to come to your event and they want to participate. Their company's invested in them to come to that event and they want them to come back with knowledge. And if they can't because of reasons I said before, you know, they've lost out and then you've lost a fan potentially. And I think it's also important that the food taste good. Oh, 100%. And one of the things that I think is so annoying is when people don't take care when they're making special meals Mm -hmm. because they feel like, well, this person is a nuisance. And so I'm not going to make this really taste good. Yeah. I mean, or, I mean, my friend Jessie was handed a plate of carrots for her entree at an awards center. Oh my gosh. I'm like, and, and I know a CEO that was done the same thing. And I'm like, and, and one of my biggest bones of contention, I guess, is on the banquet event order. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of it, it says 25 vegetarians, 25 vegans, you know, two koshers, whatever. At the top, you've got the entire rest of the menu broken out mm-hmm. and described, not necessarily labeled with dietary needs, but described. Well, what is the vegetarian and the vegan going to get? Right. Yeah. And that's chef's choice. And that's where you end up with that plate of carrots or pasta primavera. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really sloppy. Yeah. 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 And it makes you feel, I, I would think that if you were the meeting planner, you wouldn't want that caterer again. Right. Exactly. And my, this Claire um, Gould out of Atlanta, she hand, she had some, and I don't like them, call them special plates. I actually like call them personalized plates mm-hmm. because we're all special. Right. And so she had this plate and it was like two pieces of bread with one piece of tomato in it and a slab of, you know, bologna or something in the middle of it. And she she took it to the chef and she's like, would you eat this? Right. You know, you just gave, I just paid you $45 a head and this is what you're serving to, for my personalized plates. Would you actually want to eat that? And that's a good turn on that conversation because Mm -hmm. chef, and, and also to me, if you're a chef, this is your artwork. Right. And that's really what you want to present to somebody who could potentially come back and buy from you and say, hey, I had this raving experience with such and such. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you would want to put that out. Right. That's really embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, and it embarrasses the not only the, the meeting planner, mm-hmm. but it also embarrasses the group that's having the conference or meeting or whatever, right. which means that the meeting planner might not be brought back again, even right. though it's really the fault of the caterer. But mm-hmm. you know, there. Well, and sometimes you don't know necessarily if it's a private caterer, you don't know who the caterer is. The attendees don't necessarily know. But if it's a hotel or a convention center, mm-hmm. they're going to put that food on the hotel and the convention center. Right. And not necessarily think, I mean, in some instances, they're going to think about the the host organization, mm-hmm. but right. they're going to put it on the venue. Right, right. Yeah. So I want to give you an example of something that I saw happen, and I participated in this. It was really a problem. It wasn't the actual food itself, but because the conference went over, you know, it was supposed to end at noon, and it went, I don't know, 1230, 1240, and then the time that was being given to people to get to the 
banquet hall mm-hmm. was maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes so people could go to the bathroom and do whatever they needed to do before they sat down. So it was almost 1 o'clock till people sat down, and it was scheduled to be 12. Oh, wow. And somebody who... and. The, that wasn't anything to do with the caterer. It was just because they went over. Mm-hmm. And um, then the person that was assigned to my table, I mean, it wasn't somebody that I knew, but we, we were assigned to tables, was diabetic and had planned her insulin around eating at 12 o'clock mm-hmm. and didn't have any food with her. And she was starting to fail And so several of us at the table asked that she be fed or she be brought something right away just to tide her over till the meal came. And the wait staff really wasn't prepared to do that and didn't know what to bring or anything like that. So two of us wound up running to a little restaurant that was like, I mean, a grocery store down the street Mm -hmm. and buying her something and bringing it back. And by the time we left the hotel, walked to the grocery store, bought her, I don't know, orange juice or whatever we bought her and brought it back, she still hadn't been served. Wow. And so that really frightened me Mm -hmm. because I thought, you need to be prepared for something like this to happen. And you know, you might not have had orange juice, but you have something. Snickers or something. Yeah, yes. anything. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, applesauce, a- anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it's a little bit different than what we were previously talking about, but I think it's important. Oh, I think it's wholeheartedly important. because. And one of the things when I teach meeting planners, I say on your registration form, ask, I actually you know, there's, do you have any dietary needs? And a lot of times it's that open-ended box, Mm -hmm. but I want you to be very specific and put check boxes. And, you know, when it comes to diabetes or um, celiac or food allergies, put it under the, do you need any disability? Do you have any needs that we need to accommodate that fall under the Americans with Disabilities Act, right? Mobility, et cetera. And then ask those, but if somebody marks that they have diabetes or they have food allergies, you need to follow up and you Mm -hmm. need to say something you know what kind of care do you, care do you need or support do you support do you need on site from us but you know the person with the dietary needs should for the most part carry something in their bag you know oh, right and and, and, and that, that was something that we all thought but right you just dealt with the situation right then exactly yeah. yeah and so i mean i think that's and my friend Ali Bond, she travels with food allergies all the time. It's like, these are the things that I have with me at all times. But you would be prepared in that respect. But also we have, you're going to feed me. And if something's not going to go right, mm-hmm. maybe it is checking in, you know, the meeting planner or having a culinary concierge be that person that can check in and say, hey, you know, here's something, you know, or, you know, have the culinary concierge have a bag of snacks. Mm-hmm. You know, she could have gone to that information desk or something like that. So those are just some suggestions on solutions. But yeah, it is definitely, I think, having a duty of care, hosting a meeting, you have to think of a variety of different scenarios that could potentially happen, Mm -hmm. especially around food and beverage. Right. And there are things that we don't necessarily think about. Yes. I mean, I think that if somebody says, do you have any special dietary needs? They may have not even answered the question. Right. So I, I, mm-hmm. 
I didn't really fault them because, first of all, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't right. the, the caterer's fault that things started an hour late. Right. But I did feel that they should be able to at least produce something totally. immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, if especially at a hotel, mm-hmm. it's right back back of the house. They right. could have gotten something from there. Right. But I was at an event at a hotel, and I told them my dietary needs in advance. And I'm because I'm a meeting planner. I went and found the head of the banquets for that event, and she's like, "Well, you can eat anything off the buffet." And I'm like, "Really?" She's like, "Yeah." And she kind of walked me through it. Nothing was really labeled, and I'm like, "All right, I'm not really comfortable with this." But and then. The event had not paid for Wi-Fi for the entire group, and this was probably eight years ago. And we were all trying to log in into the general session room, mm-hmm. and it was going to be ninety dollars a day per person to have internet. internet. Oh my right. gosh! You know, and, that was early days, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and even if you were staying in the hotel, your your internet didn't come back down to the meeting room. So people were blasting it and I commented it and she saw that and she's like, if you do that again, I'm going to just put all of your allergens in your food. I'm like, okay, one, you just proved that you're robbing from us for the internet. And right. two, you just threatened me right. with something that could do bodily harm. harm. Exactly. Yes. I'm like, that is just so wrong. And, and we need to get away from the, the context that this is a burden. Yes. I mean, it's a burden to us and, Actually, it reminds me of my friend um, Kyle. Kyle Dunn, he has a, his Instagram handle is Equal Eats. And he put a picture of himself the other day and he says, people are like, well, is it really a struggle or trouble to eat with food allergies? And he goes, and his quote was, my biggest trouble is the hard time that people give me for eating that way or having, having to eat this way because it's, a medical, it's right. a medical need. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it is really, yeah. really tough. Yes. But we have to think about those different scenarios. And even Delta will give you food if your flight's delayed sometimes, not, all, you know, airlines, and I shouldn't throw Delta out there all by themselves, but airlines will bring out snacks or water. Hey, we're delayed. You know, here's this or whatever, but people need those sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And especially water, mm-hmm. um, when you're stuck on a plane for, two hours and you're sweating because there's no air conditioning. Right, or whatever, exactly. you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's not fun. It's not fun. Goodness. I just think that this is such a fascinating idea because you're training people to be prepared for these kinds of problems because so often people only react at the end. You right. know, they don't plan for the whole problem mm-hmm. and, and solve it so that it's actually not a problem. Right. And mm-hmm. I, it seems that you would be able to simply alter, in many cases, your menu in general, mm-hmm. and then everyone can eat it. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to do that with kosher food or something like that where you need to cook it in a special kitchen and whatever. Right. So that, that might not work for everybody, but it really does seem that it's something that you really do need to be prepared for. I personally have a friend who's allergic to mustard. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the top allergens in the EU. Oh, is it? It is required by law to be labeled on packaged, packaged and unpackaged food. Wow, I didn't know that. So because someone didn't take it seriously, someone in the back made him a sandwich, because I think that's what it was. It was a sandwich restaurant. 
he just wiped off his knife with a dish rag just at the bar mm-hmm. and stuck the knife into mayonnaise and put mayonnaise on the sandwich that but the knife had been in the mustard and didn't use a fresh knife and in the middle of eating it he went into anaphylactic shock had to be rushed to the hospital they had to trach him wow and that was you know because somebody was sloppy mm-hmm. and who didn't take it seriously yep and how you know i just feel like that person just really blamed the person with the allergy mm-hmm. as though you know you're messing me up right you know? yeah and that's just you know every restaurant has to go have food handler certifications you mm-hmm. know to work in the back of the kitchen and part of that training is about allergens. It's not a humongous section of the training, but the training does cover it. Mm-hmm. And, but I think management has to see it as that higher level as well, because it's just as important as salmonella and, you know, oh, and right. all those words all, I can't all, say. Yeah. yeah all yeah. the bacterial and, yes. and infections and all of that mm-hmm. sort of thing that can yeah. happen. A- a- absolutely. And it's just as important as keeping things at the right temperature and mm-hmm. all of that. Right. And that's something that a caterer is probably going to do correctly because mm-hmm. not only has it been drummed into them, but that's something that they're reviewed for when they're inspected and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, they have that down, but nobody inspects you to see how well you comply with various dietary needs. Mm-mm, they don't, and and that should be something that we are definitely doing. Mm-hmm. And because it, I mean, I wouldn't want your friend to have died. I mean, just think about the if he had died, what his family would have done right to your restaurant, right, or to that restaurant. And there was a case a couple of years ago probably five where a gentleman ordered, then this was in Canada, he had ordered, told them that he was allergic to seafood Mm -hmm. and he ordered the beef tartare and there was, I guess, a seafood tartare as well. And it was a dark restaurant and they served him the seafood tartare. And his his husband was a um, doctor and whatever, but he went into anaphylactic shock in that restaurant, went into a coma for a number of days, and they ended up arresting the waiter for negligence. Oh, wow. Or something like that. They He ended up getting released, and it wasn't officially charged with that, but he was arrested for that. And it was a chain restaurant, but it never really came any further than that. But he was also filing personal lawsuits against all of them as well because he's like, I did communicate this. And so restaurant, catering company, hotel, what are your practices in the back of the house to make sure that that message is communicated right, right. and that it's prepped? And, and actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was in, I live in North Carolina, and I went to a restaurant, and it's 90% gluten-free on everything on the menu. And wow. it is a seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so I can get fried shrimp. Mm-hmm. And they have a dedicated fryer, and so they do my French fries in that dedicated fryer and my fried shrimp in that dedicated fryer. But when the expediter was picking it up to bring to me, she noted that it hadn't been done. And so she came out to me, and she delivered everybody else's meal, and she's like, yours was done incorrectly. And so I sent them, asked them to redo it. And so yours is going to be a few minutes later. And I said, well, how did you know that? She's like, because on our ticket, it was written in red. 
So on their point of sale on the register, it comes out that way. And so I was able to double check it. And, and I'm so grateful for that because that entire staff from the wait staff, the expediter, the back of the house sees it, but she caught the mistake before it was presented. Right. And I think that's so important. And because every layer in the system was trained even though it missed one layer, mm-hmm. somebody else was able to catch it. Right. So it wasn't all the responsibility of one person. It becomes the staff's responsibility to make sure it's right. Exactly. And that really gives you a lot more protection. Mm-hmm. Oh, my it gosh. Well, I'm so happy that, <laughs> <laughs> that that happened. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever actually had a, a bad situation where something was served to you that shouldn't have been? Um, not really. I do. There was a restaurant in Atlanta when I lived there that I ordered the same thing that I always order. It was fish with roasted potatoes and, and it says gluten-free on the menu. And, and I, that time I actually ordered a spinach salad with strawberries and pine nuts on it. And within an hour after leaving, my throat was swelling and I just, but I thought I was getting a cold Mm -hmm. and I ended up with bronchial infection for about two or three weeks from that. So it was probably an allergic reaction, but I don't know what to pinpoint it to. Although mm-hmm. my mom and I were in Scotland a couple of years later and I had some spinach as well. And I'm like, nope, can't eat this. But I can eat, I've been eating spinach without problems. So I don't know what really triggered it at that right, point. Right. So, um, yeah, but that's the only time really. I wonder if there was vinegar in the dressing or something like something, that. Something, yeah. Yeah. And the thing about allergies is that you can have no reactions for 18 years of your life, and then all of a sudden you eat a peanut or whatever, and it triggers it, and you go into anaphylactic shock and die. And so there's, you know, a lot more research being done um, by doctors, you know, what triggers it, when does it get reported, and a lot of the times adults especially don't report that they have an allergic reaction to something or they don't go to the doctor to follow up. And Dr. Ruchi Gupta got on me because I had an, uh, actually had a reaction to some pineapple in a drink. It wasn't labeled on the buffet. It was just a kale juice drink with a couple of other things. But that hotel had two different recipes with the same name. Oh. And chefs switched. And so the new chef started doing the other recipe but I'm like, my throat started scratching. And you're allergic to pineapple? I've had it happen like two or three times. And so, but Ruchi's like, or Dr. Gupta, she's like, have you gone to the doctor to get tested? I'm like, no. She's like, Tracy. <laughs> so if you do have those things, you need to really truly figure it out. Right. You know, because you don't want to say, I have this allergy. And, but sometimes it's just a pain in the rear end to go to the doctor because a lot of doctors are like, it's just in your head. Right. My husband has a casein allergy. Oh, okay. And so people keep saying, oh, you're um, lactose intolerant. And he's saying, no, <laughs> I have a casein allergy. Mm-hmm. And so he can't have any dairy at all. So a lot of people who have lactose intolerance can eat certain cheeses and things mm-hmm. like that because the bacteria that makes the cheese eats up the lactose. Mm-hmm. And so you don't wind up with lactose. But he can't eat that. Plus, every kind of milk has um, casein. Mm-hmm. And so you know, there's just no escaping it. 
And so he has trouble because people are used to kind of being a little bit squishy about lactose intolerance, Mm -hmm. whereas the casein allergy is totally different. Mm -hmm. And he has allergic reactions to it as opposed to like stomach disorders Mm -hmm. because it's not an inability to digest. Mm -hmm. So he has that frustration. Yeah, and so for everybody, so casein and whey are the proteins that are found in milk. And they are the, with a food allergy, it's the proteins that react, that cause your body to react and say, I don't like this food. And they attack the body, attack the food and comes out in all these different reactions. Whereas an, an intolerance is the sugar in the food and that's the lactose in milk. And so that's the big difference. And so it is, and it's a digestive issue versus an immune system response. Right. So, yeah. Right. Makes yeah. a big difference. It does. Yeah. yeah. Um. Thank you so much You're for welcome. being with us. It's just been a whole lot of fun to talk about this. You wouldn't think this would be fun, but it really <laughs> is. <laughs> I think it's just, it's we have to think about different ways to feed people yes. outside of our normal, you know, this is what we've got. And, you know, just be creative. You can be creative. Right. And it's almost a challenge to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to find the most wonderful thing I can do within these limits. It's like writing a sonnet or something yeah. where you have to write within a certain form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and plan your menus in advance because if you do that, you can plan around them and then you don't have to worry about. You said that earlier. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Tip of the Tongue. We come to you from the Camellia Bean Studio at the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, part of the Nitty Grits Network. For more information on today's podcast, join the Tip of the Tongue podcast group on Facebook. Please come by when you're in New Orleans and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like it, let us know in the comments. This is Liz Williams.